Here we go. It's Wednesday, November the 29th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we are getting near the end of the book of Proverbs. This is chapter 28, beginning with verse 12. And we're going to be taking a look through the end of this particular chapter today. Verse 12 says, When righteous people rejoice, there is much glory. But when wicked people rise, a person is hidden. In other words, when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. And why do they hide themselves? Because a wicked person is not following the laws of God properly. And righteous people, therefore, under such circumstances, the stability of society is compromised. And righteous people are not able to contribute as much to the common good. We see this really happening in the United States where many people who are Christians are being put down and made fun of and contradicted for the word of God. This is at times because wicked people have arisen and are making laws and practices contrary to the will of God. And therefore, the righteous, boy, they want to hide from such illegality, such immorality. God really understands what happens when a wicked person arises. Verse 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. This is probably one of the best verses in the entire book of Proverbs to show the distinction between law and gospel. For God's mercy is obvious here. The proverb applies to human mercy toward those who are forthright in their confession of their wrongdoings instead of engaging in vain attempts to hide their sins from public view. What is important is that repentance is really necessary. The Lutheran Confessions expound this same theology of repentance and faith, confession and absolution, and the new obedience of the baptized believer living under grace. Verse 14, blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. 
Now, in this verse, in the ESV, the word Lord is capitalized in letters, referring to the name that Moses received by God of his name, Yahweh. I am who I am. Or as I like to translate it, I keep the promises I make. Yes, Moses, you go into the land of Egypt and release my people from slavery, from Pharaoh. How can I do that? I'm not that good a speaker. Moses, I will be with you. I will be the one who does the work. You will be my voice. To fear the Lord always means to trust. Remember that first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. But if you harden your heart, you will fall into calamity. The worst calamity, of course, is eternal hell. But we see that happen today, where people are hardening their heart. Divorce is at a higher rate. And people who you would think, oh, they will never get divorced. Well, all of a sudden, one leaves the other spouse because of maybe another person or he's no longer in love or whatever reason. And that's the world of calamity. That breaks relationships with the children. In fact, the children often feel responsible for the divorce of their parents. And a lot of people simply don't understand that. Verse 15, like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. Now, we don't recognize that, but wicked rulers love to be over poor people. It's, it's not that the ruler isn't intelligent, but he lacks the understanding of God. And he cannot apply God's intelligence in a productive and God-fearing way. To have such a ruler means that the poor become even poorer. And boy, is that not obvious in the United States where people are said, well, we, the government will give you money if you are poor. And unfortunately that money never goes far enough, but it puts the poor in a position where they don't think that they have to work for their money. And therefore, it mitigates the reign of a ruler. And this attack by a vicious ruler 
is compared to that of a lion or a bear. Remember, you run away from a bear, says one proverb, and you run into a lion. Or you're running away from a lion, enter into your house, put your hand on the wall, and it's get bitten by a serpent. This is God's way of trying to bring people back into the Holy Christian Church by giving them grief and sorrow so that they will look outside of themselves for salvation. Verse 16, a ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. This is really referring back to verse 15. Verse 16 is, namely, a person who is a ruler and lacks understanding will result in much corruption. But the person who hates ill-gotten gain prolongs his days. This verse is talking about a prince's tyranny with a lack of understanding. And without such understanding, he not only corrupts his own life, but the life of his subjects. Verse 17, if one is burdened, with the blood of another, he will be a fugitive unto death. Let no one help him. Boy, this is an interesting verse because it is warning Christians not to interfere with proper justice, which either can be given by God indirectly through human authorities or the justice that comes. The proper course is to allow God's law to convict a person of their sin so they become aware that he deserves eternal death and then he can be led to the gospel where he alone can find relief from the burden of sin. I visited both state prison and federal prisons. The federal prison was in Texas. I got invited to speak to prisoners there. And among the group that I was speaking to were those who had committed murder, but had become Christians, been absolved by a chaplain, but they still received the punishment of their crime from the state, even though God had forgiven their sins. For there is no forgiveness when it comes to temporal authority. Our forgiveness is spiritual forgiveness, which means in heaven, we will never be held accountable 
for our sin. And therefore, a person who is guilty of bloodshed should be a fugitive and nobody should offer him assistance in the sense of getting away from that injustice. That's what God is saying here. Verse 28, oh, I'm sorry, verse 18 is similar. Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Now, you may have examples from your experience of seeing people who are contrary to the will of God and how they fall, fall in their marriages, fall in their relationship with their children, fall from their employers, get fired from their jobs. They don't want to do what is necessary. And that is because a person is not walking in integrity. That's a big word in the book of Proverbs because it's referring to being an honest person under the guise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. That's God's promise. This is very important because it encourages you to faithfully carry out your vocation using the resources from God. A believer should do whatever work or service he is called to perform using the goods and means available within the proper relationship on the job or in the family rather than pursuing unrealistic goals or sinful schemes. And that spiritual poverty may finally be hell itself. There's nothing that is worse than poverty than being in hell. And an unbeliever, that's what he is pursuing, to be in hell. If one is burdened with the blood of another, he will be a fugitive. Let no one help him. That means don't let anyone try and aid him to be free from justice. Verse 19. It says, those who work the land will have plenty of bread. But he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of a th poverty. 
We, we see that in many businesses that people open up, but they don't last very long because they're not following God's will in helping out those who are neighbors who need help. Verse 20 follows up. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. What God is saying here is it's not a sin to be rich, but if you try and be rich quickly in a hurry that you cannot be trusted, you will betray relationships in your pursuit of wealth and he will find that he will be accountable for his actions if not by his neighbors, then by God himself. Verse 21, to show partiality is not good, but for a piece of bread, a man will do wrong. This is a similar parable to other parables. It teaches that for a ruler, he ought not show partiality because it's easy for a person to commit sin. This is a warning to those who have power not to be easily corrupted. A leader shows partiality toward those he thinks can strengthen his position. This can happen even in a church where a pastor shows partiality towards a member of the congregation because they are good givers, even though their son or daughter needs the discipline of the congregation. But the pastor doesn't want to interfere with the good relationship he has with the member. And so he shows partiality to their children. Verse 22, a stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. Now that word stingy in the Hebrew uh, really refers to one who has a love of money and they are in a hurry to get rich. He overlooks the fact that poverty can come upon him as it does for those who reject God's will, who reject God's knowledge, who do not follow the Spirit's leanings in a life of sanctification. Verse 23, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Now, 
Boy, does that not happen by certain employees. They flatter their employer because they want the favor of maybe giving a promotion. So they're really nice to their boss and in front of him say good things. Whereas behind his back, they know that he is a man who needs to repent of his sins. But such a person will not move them to think of their problems because they want to stay friends with them. Verse 23. Then we go to verse 24. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, there is no transgression, is a companion to a man who destroys. In the book of Proverbs, fathers and mothers have a high, high regard. And yet, failure to respect your parents and stealing from them is a grave insult, not only to your parents, but also to God himself. Because throughout Proverbs, parents are held in high esteem. And the person depicted in this proverb contradicts that value by claiming that when he sins against his parents, it's not really sinful. In fact, Jesus himself, in Matthew 7, 10 to 13, condemned the Pharisees and the scribes for committing a similar kind of sin. Verse 25. A greedy person stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. This, once more, compares the wicked to the righteous. A greedy person who trusts in wealth and is quick to try and get more money that is a form of idolatry, according to Colossians 3, verse 5. Instead, what is needed is a reliance on God that will lead to prosperity. And that prosperity will finally come to an end with a life of eternity in heaven. Verse 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. That almost could be over the doors of many homes in the United States where people are trusting in their own mind. They are not listening to the mind of God. 
he trusts in his own thoughts. And therefore, what God condemns as sinful and unclean, that person does again and again because he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, is not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why the work of John the baptizer is so important to get people to repent. Verse 27, whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. This is a great summary of the summary of the second set of commandments. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when you give to the needy, God will also give to you. It may not occur here on earth, but it certainly will occur in heaven. And through eyes of faith, you will see it does occur also on earth many times. Verse 28, <laughs> when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. This is again comparing the wicked to the righteous. It warns that with wicked rulers come corruption and justice is not properly administered. Society is compromised. And righteous people, again, are not able to contribute as much to the common good. In other words, Paul summarized it in a quotation from Menander. Bad company ruins good morals. Well, that's Proverbs 28. God's wisdom to you has plenty of material in it. Read it on your own and you will see the importance of living according to the Holy Spirit. I'm Tom Baker. Join with us tomorrow for additional information on law and gospel. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.